1: Welcome to JAG's Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton.
0: JAG's Drive Time starts right now.
1: I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's been a great place. We, we did a lot, of, a lot of good things there. I, I understand that city. I understand the passion for, for football, but, but now I'm on the other side. You hope it's a good one, obviously, but I gotta get this team here ready to go, and I'm not gonna be concerned with that.
2: Sounds of the game is at a whole new level this season. Trent Padilla and the Jaguars production team are doing an awesome job putting that together every single week, and you can check it out now on Jaguars.com, reliving that game from last week as we look forward to this week's game against the Houston Texans. Welcome into Jaguars Drive Time. Ashlyn, Brian, and John here with you. Are
0: you cold and wet just watching that?
2: I I almost brought it up again. I said, you know what, Ashlyn, you've done too much. I think
0: you showed that to make your point. Yeah, You've made it.
2: (laughs) I can't talk about it again. Is there rain out there? It, there so,
0: was rain yeah. on the video, yes. So beautiful for John to just knock it over.
2: Yeah. All right, let's get ready for Big Thing, shall we, as we get ready for a home game against the Houston Texans this week with Big Thing 1 is a big game, a divisional matchup this weekend in the AFC South, but also a bounce-back game for this Jaguars team looking to get a lead in the AFC South. One thing that will need to greatly improve on Sunday is the run defense.
1: There were things there that we need to fix. I mean, it, it, a little bit of the Washington deal kind of raised its head a little bit. Um, all fixable, all correctable, all teachable, um, and, and that's going to be the focus this week to make sure we stay disciplined. With uh, and this is a good running team, so you know we got to make sure we stay disciplined in those uh, in those run lines.
2: Big thing, too, is bounce back after last week. We now have to question, are they the Jaguars of week one and week four with losses to the Commanders and the Eagles, or are they the Jaguars of week two and week three with very big wins so far this season? One thing we do know on Sunday, the quarterback will have to play better.
1: I feel like I've made a lot of progress, especially from last year, from where I
0: was. Um, obviously, didn't didn't play well on Sunday, so that's that's not where I want to be. But it's, uh, if you look at the year you know, as a whole, I think I've made – I know I've
1: made a lot of steps in the right direction. And I know I've improved a lot. So continuing to build off of that, don't let one game affect my confidence. You know, I, I'm still the same player that went into Philly on Sunday and then still the same player here on, on Wednesday getting ready for the Texans. So not letting that affect me at all. Um, obviously I know I have to play better. You know, that's, everybody knows that your quarterback's got to play well to win in this league and especially going down the road, you know, hopefully getting to the playoffs, all those things um, got to play well. So, I mean, we all understand it, but just for me, Um, I really, if I can just stay consistent, keep making progress, and keep taking those steps, I really believe in myself and this team.
2: And big thing three is stop Cooks. Texans wide receiver Brandon Cooks has been a menace for this Jaguars team to handle the past couple of seasons. And really this Texans team has been very difficult to handle. We call it a rivalry, but it really hasn't been and has been very one-sided towards the Houston Texans since 2017. Eight straight wins for the Texans, and guys in the locker room didn't even know about that streak.
1: And I genuinely don't think about it too much um, until somebody mentions it. Just like today, I didn't know that we hadn't I didn't know that it had been that long since we beat Houston. So I mean it don't it's not on my mind.
2: And there you have it, those are big things. Funny enough, talking to Cam Robinson, he said he spoke to general manager Trent Baalke that morning about this streak and Trent mentioned, hey, you know, we haven't beaten the Texans since 2017. Yep. Cam was like, What? No, that can't be right. And he went back and checked and it's it's right.
0: It's worse than that. They have lost 14 of the last 16, dating back to 2014. They have lost 19 of the last 22. So, I mean, for the team and the coaches, it doesn't matter at all. But for the organization, here's the bottom line. This team, since the onset of the AFC South, has been horrid. They have never performed well in the South. The Titans, the Texans, until Peyton Manning left, and they even things out with the Colts, they weren't competitive against the Colts. And the storyline isn't eight in a row because they've lost eight in a row. The storyline is if you want to make the playoffs, you've got to win the division, and you want to win the division, you've got to start beating the Texans. Yeah.
2: We've well, got to
3: start beating both the Texans. They haven't won an AFC South game against a team other than the Colts since september of 19 the uh gardner Minshew game right. against uh t- the titans um this big thing one was big game mm-hmm. uh you guys know me unfortunately for you but um <laughs> i'm not big on regular season big game hype i think generally speaking one game isn't that similar to the next and 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 we hype up games too much during the season. And then, and then the next one is also the biggest game, but this I've said all week has some very subtle, big things about it. Yep. Winning out here and establishing under Doug Peterson, that you're a good team at home, I think is important. If you do it now, you've won two in the division at home to start this thing off. I think that's very important for the psyche of this team and for them to show people we are, what we think we are, uh, The biggest thing, though, is you go out against a team you are, quote, supposed to beat in the division. To me, you establish so much by winning this game. It's not even stuff that they'll sit there in the locker room and sort of beat their chest about. It's just stuff you'll know of, hey, these guys are going in the right direction, and they're not just
0: talking. They're playing, and they're winning. Well, if you don't think this—I guess you do think it's a big game, but this is a big stretch because— you, you beat these guys this week. Then you go to Indy. Now there's your chance to go 3-0 and in the division to knock them out of the division race and set it up for you and the Titans, who play twice in the last six weeks of the season. Right. So you, you talk about being the team that you you claim to be, a team on the rise, a team that's about to contend for division titles. Well, this is your chance. I mean, mm-hmm. now you might as well do it now. Um, and I want to skip to Big Thing 3 to kind of play on that. Um Brandon Cooks has killed the Jaguars, and it's not just a big catch here or there. He's played this franchise seven times since coming into the league. Uh, In New Orleans in 2015, uh, in the AFC Championship game in 2017, and then obviously four times with the uh, the Texans. He averages 120 yards per game. He has three straight 100-yard games, and in seven appearances against this franchise, he has six. And five touchdowns. I mean, the guy has just been unstoppable. Um, I don't think the Texans have a lot of weapons, but this guy, man, he is really deadly against this franchise. It's a He's not big. He's lightning quick. He's fast. But I think more than anything, talking to people who know him, he's smart. Mm-hmm. He is a really smart receiver who understands how to get open.
3: Well, he's smart enough to notice. To beat this he team. played against this team every week. <laughs> he have a gold jacket. I mean, he's he's been outstanding against these guys. And it's the old NFL thing. As soon as you think that you are overwhelming a team or you're that much better than a team, Brandon Cooks comes out, he gets an early touchdown, you're down 7-0, and you're saying, uh-oh. Right. This is a dangerous game for mm-hmm. on a lot of fronts because the Texans have played well this season to get themselves into games at the end. I I've been saying all week, This is a game where you want to get a lead. You want to play well early. You do not want to be down 10-3 at halftime on something fluky because then they start believing that you're not as good as you think you are. So I think it's a big one. I think it's tricky. It's important.
2: It is. And talking all week to Coach Peterson or the players in the press conferences, they keep mentioning that the Texans are a team that just doesn't go away. They're playing hard. Their record doesn't indicate how hard they're playing. And they're just that that annoying team when just when you think you beat them, they come back in a game and that – start of the fourth quarter. Lovey
0: Smith is a really good coach. Mm-hmm. People forget that. He got fired by the Bears, but most coaches end up leaving, getting fired. Uh, he is a very, very good coach, mm-hmm. and he will have this team schematically ready to play against Doug Peterson's team.
3: Final thing before we move on. I, I'm a big believer in uh, want to and have to for a team. Uh, the text, un, Until a team believes it's out of it, they're always dangerous in this league. Sometimes at the end of the season when yeah. teams aren't you know, – if you give them a gut punch early in the game, they'll go away. Texans are 0-3-1. It's too early in the season to think that they're done. They also know if they win and the, Tex- and the Titans lose, they're a half game out. Yeah. So Crazy. they don't have any reason to believe that they're still not in it so in the first quarter, you're not going to see a beaten team. Mm-mm. You've got to go beat them if you're the Jags.
2: Mm-hmm. And that is big things when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. We go around the locker room on the Jaguars Digital Network.
1: Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Baptist Health and Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're back. Jaguars drive time Thursday morning, getting ready for a home game this Sunday. A lot going on in the stadium today. It is all Tony Baselli as we get ready for his big weekend here in Jacksonville as well and celebrating with him. It's time to go around the locker room. Hear what the players are talking about, about this Texans team. Wide receiver Marvin Jones on getting back to the way he foresees this team and what they're known for.
1: It's always like that, you know. Um, just you know, us as receivers, you know, uh, regardless of anything, we're always supposed to be there um, for him, and you know, make make a tough a tough catch. You know, every every throw isn't going to be perfect, but um, that's why you have a, a good quarterback and you have good receivers. You know, so um, it's a balance. You know, so he he throws it up and trusts that we come and come down and get it. And we'll get it and vice versa. We know he's going to put it where he he needs to be, where it needs to be. So um, I think that's the relationship that we have. um, And, you know, we're going to continue to show that.
2: Marvin Jones and supporting Trevor Lawrence. And the question was asked, do you you feel like you need to lift him up this week? And, And all the receivers said, no, he's fine. He had one bad game. We don't need to lift him up. But yeah, we're going to be there for him regardless. Well, lift him
0: up on Sunday by catching the ball. You know, I mean, he's getting a lot of heat for the performance and rightfully so with the four fumbles, right? Holding the ball too long, letting it go through his grasp on the snap. Um, but there were plenty of times where Marvin or Christian Kirk could have caught an easy pass. And I know because you've told me it was wet. Um, <laughs> but the other guys did. A.J. Brown caught passes. So catch the ball for him and help him out. Lift him up on Sunday. You do not have to worry about him Monday through Saturday. Yeah, I'll go
3: back to this with Trevor. There's been so much talk, and I've gotten questions in the inbox about, is, was this a regression? Are you worried about it? He didn't throw four picks. No. He had four fumbles in tricky situations. I will wor- I say worry, but it will be a storyline the next time he plays in a driving rain or in a cold rain, whatever it was, <laughs> Um But I don't worry about him. At this point in his career, he's 21 games in. He's seeing it better. He knows what he's seeing out there. He wasn't flinging the ball willy-nilly other the place. He had one bad pick, but that happens occasionally. He's fine. The receivers know that he's seeing it, and he's getting the ball where it's supposed to be. They weren't – you know, I didn't sense also that the receivers were as open as – on Sunday, as they had been in the first four. I mean, mm-hmm. in the first three. I may be seeing that wrong. It's, it, it was just sort of a gut feeling from watching the game from upstairs in the, in the warm press box. <laughs> but it, it, it uh, I think they also know that overall, whether it was rain, whether it was whatever, they just weren't quite as a team as in sync. Right.
0: It wasn't just the four fumbles. It bears repeating one more time. Mark Brunel threw five interceptions in a game, and he never did it again.
2: Yeah, right. You learn from it. You yeah. move on. All right. Let's stick with wide receivers. Zay Jones on why it is obvious this team's confidence is growing week to week.
3: I think that everything's kind of settled in. We know our roles. We know we know what it can be as well. Like we've seen it. We know how we are when we we play efficiently. When we're able to establish the run. When we're able to to throw the ball and everything comes together. So. Just having that experience now as a group, there's no excuse for us not to be able to think that we can't do this. So, I think just the confidence has grown from putting it out there on the field, making the plays, and, and looking at each other like we're a good football team.
1: It, it, it's you know we said it before, but like we've seen the proof that we're a good football team. I, I would say that's the, the major difference.
2: You hear an intense game of ping pong going on behind Zay Jones, but that is a guy that's going to be back on the field most likely on Sunday. He practiced in a limited fashion yesterday, and they saw the absence of Zay Jones. Yes, Jamal Agnew came in and, and put, filled the role, but this offense works best when Zay Jones is on the field.
0: Uh, it, it, I don't doubt that at all. Um, you know, we talked about Doug being calm and and his demeanor professional. Zay is so calm as well. He He's one of those guys they brought in. His father was Robert Jones, who was a three-time Super Bowl winner with the Cowboys, so he grew up in the Cowboys locker room. His uncle, Jeff Blake, was the quarterback for many years for the Cincinnati Bengals, so he's been around this. He understands what winning is. He understands what losing is, and he understands from week to week you just have to put it away and move on to the next thing. It's valuable to have a guy like that in your locker room. I agree.
2: You agree, and I love that every time you ask a question, he really he stops, he thinks about it, and then he answers. He's incredibly insightful as well, and he wants to like give you the best answer possible. It's very
0: important. He cares. To him. Yeah,
2: absolutely. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Dewan Smoots, on um, was it surprising the run defense fell off so drastically from week three to week four?
1: I wouldn't necessarily say it's hard to explain. I mean, they get paid too, you know. <laughs> that's, the, that's the crazy thing about it. I mean, team, teams, they, they get paid too. They're just as good as we are as, as well. So, I mean, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. It's just about getting back to the basics and getting back to the things that you did right and just repeating those things each week. So.
2: And that was something I was curious and wanted to ask, once Smoot, is watching it, why did the run defense change so drastically in a week? In trying to get the answer, a lot of guys just said, Yeah, it was just a bad day. There wasn't this one reason why we all of a sudden couldn't stop the run.
0: Well, they run a different offense up there with that quarterback. And and they create some misdirection plays. Look, when you run the ball 50 times, 210 yards is is probably close to what you're going to get. I mean, that's the most rushing attempts any franchise has ever had against this franchise. But there were three drives in the second quarter to be concerned about, right, where they went right down their throat. And the second touchdown drive in particular, where they had it third down, I think. Second and and goal from the 16, and then third and goal from the 11. And you couldn't stop what you knew was coming. Mm -hmm. Um, They got to clean some of that stuff up. Yeah. They uh,
3: played an RPO offense that believes it's an RPO offense. This offense, for example, the Jaguars, they have RPO elements, but teams don't have to go in playing the Jaguars, thinking that Trevor is going to run 15 or 20 times. You don't want him doing that. That was their first time as a unit with Devin Lloyd and Trayvon Walker and a lot of new guys on the field together playing an offense like that. It is a trickier thing than what they're going to face this time. When they play this kind of offense again, when they play the Ravens in a couple weeks, Mm -hmm. this is a very serious topic because they struggled with that. I think they will get better against that front, and I know the guys weren't really talking about that this week, but that's why they struggled against the run last week. Um, They will need to get better with that because they had some fundamental things that they missed the other day. I don't think that will happen again to that degree. Mm
2: -hmm. It's those particular quarterbacks, the Lamar Jacksons, the Jalen Hurts, the the very few in the league that can do that and have that option. Yeah, that
3: scheme, because we talked last week, it it gives an extra runner – that you have to account for and then there's gaps that the rookie linebackers are trying to figure out on the fly they haven't seen it before um i i think the players will will are good enough players and, and they care enough about it they will figure out what they did wrong in that game and it, and it will get better against it there's no rule that says you can't play better against that than they did on the no it people think oh they just got overwhelmed they got outmanned. Kelsey's really good, and he did outman them at times. But overall, it was more about a gap-fit situation. I think they'll get better at
0: it. And it bears repeating that the, um, the best run defense is putting up points on the board. And that's what happened week one, two, and three. I mean, the Colts had to abandon the run. With Jonathan Taylor, they had to leave it behind. Chargers, same thing with Austin Eckler. Yeah. It, with a hurting quarterback, they had to leave it behind because they fell behind. Right. You know, and, and the Eagles are that one team that's never going to give up the run because, as John said, that's who they are. That's what they do. Maybe the Browns are the other team in the league that will do that. But if you get up on these guys this week, they're not going to run the ball. Right. They're going to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. That's
3: what. And then what we talk about the great run defense <laughs> absolutely. on Monday morning. Well, the run is a little bit a part of their passing game too because the quarterback's so involved right. that it's almost like you have to term it something different there's the passing game a lot of teams have there's a running game and then the teams that run the rpo it's almost a different thing that you're trying to stop than a okay. conventional running game so yes. it's tricky
2: could see how it would be overwhelming especially in the rain <laughs> the That rain. i read somewhere where it rained, and <laughs> that is around the locker room when we come back on jaguars drive time some he will he won't he might. Suddeth is Jacksonville's trusted and reliable moving company. Suddath is proud to be the official moving company of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To get a stress-free quote, visit Suddath.com. Thursday morning, time for He Will, He Won't, He Might as we get ready for the Jaguars game on Sunday against the Houston Texans. A home game. Brian, who do you got?
0: I'll take Andre Sisco. Remember a year ago when it was, where are we going to see Andre Cisco? Let's see Andre Cisco. Um, Andre Cisco will make quarterbacks think twice about throwing where he's at. Um, remember the word on this guy was interception turnover machine. He had 13 takeaways in two seasons at Syracuse. Um, John, that's a lot. And he fell in the draft because of an ACL he suffered his third year there. Uh, Might have been a bottom of the of the first round pick. But came to the Jags in the third round. He has back-to-back games with an interception. And he, you can see when you watch him, he's getting it. He's starting to figure this thing out. Um, he will not take offense if quarterbacks throw the other way. He told me the other day in the locker room that it's a point of pride for a defensive back to know that a quarterback wants nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. He's not there yet. He wants to get there. Um, and, and he might make it three in a row this week. Uh, Davis Mills has, in a couple of games, um, made inopportune throws. And if he puts a couple of those up, this safety will be looking for them.
2: Love it. Yeah, it's crazy to think how far he's come in a year when he wasn't even seeing the field. They like. we were begging for him to get some playing time. Doug
0: Peterson said last week that after there was the mistake, obviously, on the long touchdown in Washington. But since that moment, the safeties have really improved their play the last three
2: weeks. For sure. All right, John, what do you got?
3: Well, I don't know if you guys are going to be mad at me, but I know uh, P. and David mad. has been switching up. I know we have a graphic of Evan Ingram. Oh, I loved, my uh, God. I love Evan Ingram. I think he's going to be key this week, and I like the way he's playing. I I love the way Evan caught the ball the other day in the rain, securing it. Uh, I think he's improving his hands, and I love that. But I'm going with Zay Jones, Shalane, because when I saw him on the graphic, I said, this is a better he will, he won't, he won't. I don't want to cheat the viewers, Brian, so I need to give them a better he will, he won't, he might. He will play. I'm convinced he's going to play this week, and I think he's going to be fine in terms of that ankle. He won't have, I am going to say an easy time, but I think after the game he had the other day, I think defenses are going to have to be concerned about both he and Christian Kirk. I don't think they're going to be automatically just gearing toward Christian Kirk. So I think Zay Jones, he has played well enough in his last game out that he's going to have to deal with some double coverage, some people looking the other way. He might... I know right now Christian Kirk is the best receiver on this team. You just have a feeling. I don't want to compare him to Jimmy Smith because Jimmy Smith is otherworldly good to me. And but remember '96 when it started off, it was Keenan. Yeah, Kenan and he made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And Jimmy, by the end of the year, was clearly the best receiver on the. I, I say clearly, but he was playing at a Pro Bowl level. He was the most identify. coming along. I don't know that these two are Keenan and Jimmy, because those guys, to me, are icons. But my point is, everybody's talking about Christian right now. I wonder if by the end of the season, Zay Jones won't
0: be a real impact kind of player that people are noticing around the league. If you recall in 1996, the the top three were Andre Risen, Keenan McCardell, and Willie Jackson. It wasn't until Andre Risen got cut and an opportunity arose that Jimmy went storming through it and of course over the next six years had as good a season as any quarterback and and wide receiver have ever had
3: funny thing is Keenan made the Pro Bowl that year deservedly so by the end of the season Jimmy, Jimmy was, was leading the, the receiver, receiver
2: yeah. mm-hmm. well this just leads fabulously into my he will he won't he <laughs> well my... we
0: love to set you up
2: yes that's what John said he you know he's a producer really. he saw it on the sheet and then I'm he said, a giver I'm a gonna giver share this yes all right my he will he won't he might is Christian Kirk he will be the guy that we saw week two and week three he starts this offense and when He couldn't get going last week. We saw how much this offense suffered and how much Trevor Lawrence suffered when Kirk couldn't get going. He will get going because Zay Jones will be on the field. This offense works best when those two are on the field together. Zay Jones is going to be back on this field, and like we said with John, Zay Jones is clearly the reason that Christian Kirk can have the success he has. When I interviewed him a couple weeks ago, it's that unselfish receiver played we talk about with Zay Jones going and taking that safety, Christian Kirk can succeed. I think Christian Kirk might score another touchdown this week, and like John said, this is something we'll talk about all season long as we see both these receivers improve. We're always going to say, okay, who's the number one receiver? Who's the best guy I don't think you have to say who's the best guy because if these two are working the way they're supposed to, they're both supposed to be very successful.
3: Yeah, they're an interesting tandem to me, Brian and Shalane. I, I, they're, they're coming along. Um, I'd like to see Marvin Jones get more involved. Uh, you wonder about the big-time depth at this position if somebody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a, it's a good, intriguing wide receiver core that I think is a lot better than fans thought it was going to be. Uh, And I'm curious to see where it goes, uh, because it feels like it could have a really big year. And I'm curious to see how that looks, because it's going to be a unique look with Christian, the way he plays, Zay Jones. It's not your prototypical receiving core, but I
0: think it's got a chance to be a really good core. Well, and I'm going to, I know he plays for Richard Angulo, but I'm going to call Evan Ingram a big wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, I really, I, I, he'll block, hes that's not a slight on him whatsoever. Uh, he'll do anything you want him to do, but if Evan Ingram is more involved early on, especially in the middle of the field, well, that opens everything up, right? When you've got to have a safety who's got his eyes on where Evan Ingram is because he's a favored target well, then they can't always watch Christian, Zay, and Marvin. Mm -hmm. Just me, right? And they're smart guys on the other side. We've talked about how good that offensive staff is. Get Engram involved more and watch this wide receiving group go to a different level.
3: He'd be a good topic for he will, he won't, he might. He would. At some point. Yeah, Yeah,
2: maybe next week, John. All right, (laughs) how he will, he won't, he might when we come back? Monday's headlines today on Jaguars Drive Time. Fields Auto Group, Jacksonville, step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. Welcome to the future. Time for Monday's headlines today as we predict the outcome of Sunday's game against the Texans. Brian, what are we thinking?
0: Brandom contenders, right? Play off the old brand and steer right there. But I think when the Jaguars win on Sunday and are 2-0 and in the division, they can start talking about contending for the division title. They won't. We will. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might. We um, might. <laughs> We will, we won't, we might. Uh, Brandom contenders is what I'm going with.
2: I like it. They were already honestly talking about that yesterday in the locker room. Cam Robinson said it's very clear if we win the division, we take our fate into yep. the playoffs. That that is being talked about. And there's right no now. reason
0: why they shouldn't talk about it amongst themselves, for sure. right? I mean, they should, that, and they are probably.
2: That's the equation. They're that's not, what's but gonna
0: they're going to be, you know, contrite and humble on camera and say all the right things because that's what pro athletes do these days for the most part. Mm-hmm. But you win this one now, and and you're sending a loud and clear message: we're coming for it.
2: Yep, John. What do you think?
3: Schlen in the old days in newspapers. Here we go. They did headlines sometimes where you would have like a big word here and you'd play it off with other words. I'm going to say like no. Poem? No, no frills, no fumbles, no problem. Because I don't think that you're going to have... I've seen that you, headline. I don't know that it's going to be a game where there's magnificent big plays. I don't, I don't necessarily care about that with this game. What I'd like to see is sort of a workman-like game from the Jaguars where you see sometimes when they're playing a team that you know you should beat, you know you're better than, win at 24-17, to 17, feel like you're in control in, in the fourth quarter, no fumbles is uh, kind of obvious, and then <laughs> no problem. I think they win the game, and I think they show what we've been talking about all week. I believe that they'll show that they're a professional team ready to beat teams that you feel like they ought to beat. Won't be easy. Right. Won't be a blowout. It might even be a game where people today they say, "Oh, they should have beaten the Texas by more point," you know. <laughs> so you might feel some of that, but I don't think it'll be a problem. I think they win the game, and I think they're doing what Brian's talking about. I think they feel like a team that's going to contend and be in that conversation until December.
2: I like it. My Monday's headlines today is not to fear. Doug is here. I like it. <laughs> I told them in the commercial break they were gonna love this one. Well, I do like it. Here's,
0: here's why. Because last year, this Texans game here where they lost yes. was was that game where the most novice of football fans, right, could sit there and go, Well, that guy's a much better coach than this guy. Remember, because uh what's his face was still on this sideline over here. And and the guy over in the other side out coached him twice. And so when you say never fear Doug is here, this is that game to me where he goes, Yeah, 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 now come this is what we're doing. Yes. Because I thought that the Jaguars should have won that game last year. I thought they were, even with all of that, I thought they were a better roster, but they got thoroughly outcoached. Mm-hmm. This year they will not get outcoached.
2: I mm-hmm. will just, they're there. Yeah. I have good headlines. Thank you. All right, that's our show.
0: That's it. Uh, that's
3: it. <laughs> that's Someone's it. taking a compliment and moving on. <laughs> yes,
2: absolutely. That is Jaguars Drive Time on a Thursday. We'll be back Jaguars Drive Time Monday morning, reliving this game against the Houston Texans. Stay with us on Jaguars.com.
0: slash compatibility.